church in Toboggans, which is when I got hit. Um, the amazing thing happened, though. All the houses, a lot of houses got damaged, but our pastor that was in the city, his house wasn't touched. So, <laughs> so we use, they're using that place as a staging area to get, to get the food out, to get everything out to supply. So give God a hand on that, and really. And one of the greatest things I wanted to say is through America giving since through November 11th, we had over $13,000 go from uh, America. And last Wednesday, because of your great generosity and your love for God and love for people, we were able to give a $1,000 gift to our people in the Philippines. So give yourself a hand for that. It's amazing. So um, they said be in prayer for them because they're going to go from collecting to start rebuilding. So they're going to start doing, looking at building, rebuilding houses in all those areas. So wherever... Uh, tragedy happens. There's always a church that wants to step up and, and make changes and bring healing. You know, but I love what uh, Bill Hybel say, the church is the hope of the world. And every time we get to be the church, God is elevated and he's glorified for all your giving and all that you're doing. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your prayers. Keep praying. Um, there's a lot of work to do. And uh, we're really happy about that, what happened here. And we're going to try to do some more here locally um, to give out more. But let's just, you know, as you're praying, things are starting to take place. So you guys are amazing bunch of folks. And the greatest thing we can give, when we talk about that, we can give Thanksgiving. You know, it's a season of Thanksgiving. You guys see our stage? How y'all like our stage? Isn't that amazing? We're still uh, working on the light issue. They, they sent us some light boxes that didn't, we had to get a couple parts for them and everything, but we had a team of people. We had Lindsay um, Moats, is she here? Is she out here doing a thing? We had uh, Dan and Leah Kunkel, uh, who designed all that and built all that and bought the, the machines in and did all this work for us, and we're not done yet, and uh, again, through your giving here in Grace Point Church, we get to celebrate what God is doing, how we want to fix up his house and do amazing things for him. So give yourself a hand one more time for that. So I'm thanking God for you guys for doing that. And all that you do, every time you give out, we give out, and we're able to do things and, and fund ministries. And that's what it is, making the gospel go forward. It's not about the gospel sitting still. It's about going forward. And this happens when we elevate God's house. It really just does amazing things here. So I want to thank you for that. We're going to continue in our series of Thanksgiving. We, um, we're sorry we lost a projector and we lost a computer in the uh, children's area, which is okay because we know that Christmas is coming and we know that the BX and Best Buy will give us some cheap stuff because we know it's sale time. So what the perfect time to go out when it's on sale. So let's get us some new projector and get us some new computers. Dirt cheap. So go ahead. Whatever you got to do. Amen, right? So uh, there you go. Get pumped up about that. So that's the way I look at it. Hey, it's okay. It's a machine. We've been praying for them. They worked around for about four years. And we said, thank you, Lord. So we'll get some new stuff taken care of. So um, you can look at that. The only thing I'll be working there, um, I want you to turn your Bible to the Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. And we're going to read it. So Apostle Paul Again, if you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. If you have your Bibles or your smartphones, you can do it there. And this message is called Count Your Blessings. Count Your Blessings. It says this here, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. 
He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this time together. And Lord, as we, you speak, Father, I pray that change will come. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians. If you know about the book of Ephesians, Colossians and Philippians, they call those the prison epistles. So Paul is talking about Thanksgiving while he is strapped to a, a guard in prison. But his outlook was about praying, and this is a prayer from verse 9 to verse 14. He's praying for the church of Colossians. Now, Paul never planted the church, but he had a heart for that church. And this was a letter he sent out. Colossians is the most powerful um, epistle there is because it gives you the supremacy and the preeminence of Christ. It talks about Jesus Christ. And he's here, he's thanking them, and he's giving them a prayer of growth. And the reason I wanted to break this out from verse 12, it talks about some key things that we can all be thankful about. Even if it doesn't look like in the natural that you have things to be thankful for, when we get done with this scripture, you'll have plenty of reason to shout and to celebrate and enjoy Thanksgiving, to enjoy the food that's coming up next, to enjoy all the cake you want to eat. And I'm hungry. I'm leaving. To enjoy life. Because there's certain things you'll lose. You'll lose finances. You'll lose cars. You'll lose relationships. But what I'm about to, uh, um, to talk to you about, you can't lose if you're a child of God. And we need to focus on the stuff we can't lose that keeps our joy up versus on the things we can lose. Because things will rust. They'll get old. But this, our salvation, never gets old got a question for you. Do you count your blessings or do you think your blessings don't count? This is John Mason says this. Do you sit and count your blessings or do you think your blessings don't count? And we're going to spend the next few moments unpacking that question to see, do you count your blessings or you just think they don't count? Because there's some blessings that we have if we're children of God that we walk in every single day. Every single day. And it doesn't matter about your personality. It's yours. And you can't lose it. You can choose to ignore it, but it doesn't go away. Do you count your blessings or do you think your blessings don't count? And again, you look at this prayer. The first thing I want to let you recognize, he is praying about the grace of God. The grace of God, the grace that God gives us in this life. Every single day when we wake up, the grace of God is working in our lives, regardless if we feel like it or not. And he's talking about spiritual blessings. He's not talking about material. He's not talking about the byproduct. He's talking about the product. The product is, if he's talking about a plan of salvation for mankind, and if you're walking with God and you're a child of God, the byproduct of the stuff you have, but that's not the product. Sometimes we get caught up on the byproduct and we forget the product. And we don't have a good time here on earth. Because you can actually have heaven here on earth by your faith. Because you can't lose the product if you take the product into your life. You can lose a byproduct, but you can't take the product. And that's what he's talking about here. The blessings, grace, the graces of God. 
Because remember this, guys, life is a gift from God. And the blessings of life comes from his hand. Think about it. Life is a gift from God. Go like this. The air you're breathing is a gift. Don't matter how old you are. It's a gift from God. And the blessing of life and being here only comes from his hand. Apart from God, there is no permanent blessings. They're temporary in nature. Now you look at this. Paul unpacks, and I'm so happy about this, that God, from the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, saw that man sinned and fell away from him. And then God built the plan to reconcile man back to him. And here's about this plan. We don't do much. Because it had nothing to do with our personality. had nothing about your good looks. That counts me out. <laughs> has nothing to do with that. It's all about the grace of God. There's a movie I watched. 2012. How many saw that movie last year? Talking about the end times. And it was going to end last year on me and Miss Donna's anniversary. I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Someone said, preach it. All righty, I did. <laughs> and it was amazing. When it, man had to, had to have a plan on persevering or per, of staying around or surviving the plan of the world ending. And they put this plan together, and then they would choose who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. They were given their own choice. They had these boats at the end of the movie. If you didn't see the movie, I'm sorry. I'm going to blow it up for you. They forgot one thing. They forgot who's going to steal the boat. But anyways, the earth is flooding. They had to make a choice. Who's going? Who's not going? Preserve this, this ethnic group. Preserve that ethnic group. Preserve how much money you make. Preserve those who are poor. Which, how many of those should we do? Because we have, to re- we have to reproduce once we get on the other side, or whatever that is. And it all fell apart. And it all tried to work it. And it all fell apart. And you know, I'm so happy that I serve a God that I don't have to try to work my salvation. I don't have to work to be with God. I just got to make a decision to be with God. It's not about me working hard about having the right boat, which didn't make it, crashed. And I'm not to worry about the end of the world because if you're a child of God, you're with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Now, if you're not with God, you have to worry. You would have to worry. Because before I tell you good news, I got to tell you the bad news. If you don't know Jesus, there's a lot of worry in God. You should have a lot of worry. But if you know Jesus, there's no worry. Because at the end of our days, end of my breath, I'm going to go be with him. Now, if I don't know him, I'm going to go be with him. And he's no good. He's better. And it takes faith to go birth places. I never heard of an atheist without faith. You got faith that God doesn't exist? You're going to die on that faith? I'd rather die on the faith that he does exist, and he's good, and he's awesome. And his son's name is Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for me and took away my sins so I can live a life in abundance. 
I want to trust in that. And that's what he's unpacking here. See, when you, have, when you trust in that and you have security in that, life is okay regardless if the byproduct falls apart. Because they want you this, remember this is the holiday season, they want you to buy more byproducts. You know the, t- the flat screen TV, the 60 inch, the 70 inch. I think they got an 80 inch now. We want more byproducts. But really, if we have our faith in the product, it doesn't matter if I have a byproduct, as long as I have the product. So I want to unpack this. There's, three, there's four things that got me really excited. Because when you're talking about the plan of salvation, it's initiated by the Father, and it was accomplished by the Son. That's what I like about it. God had a plan for man. Man fell. Man could not get himself right with God. God said, I'll send my only begotten son to make man right, reconcile him back into my relationship. And I like that because the father had a plan, continuous plan, and the son had to carry it out. That gets me excited because if you're inside the plan, life is awesome. Four things. First thing he said when you look at he qualified us. There's four areas of grace here, God's grace. He qualified. He delivered us. He transferred us. And the last thing is he redeemed us and he said forgiven us. That's some awesome stuff. The first one is like a movie. Qualified us for heaven. Qualified us when we couldn't qualify ourselves. Man's life, we couldn't be reconciled without a sacrifice. Jesus Christ became the sacrifice. Couldn't work it up good enough. Jesus died on the cross, qualified us to become sons and daughters of God. Put us in a place where it says we were adopted into the kingdom of God. I love adoption. Not left out, not left behind. And the sins I committed yesterday, the ones I'll commit today, and the ones I'll commit tomorrow was paid for, qualified. I didn't have to fill out an application. I didn't have to have an interview. Now you go for a job. Okay, you have your interview, got your qualifications, do your application. Let me check your Facebook to make sure you're worthy. I'm so glad God didn't check my Facebook. No, you can't get the job. No, you cannot be saved, brother. I'm sorry. Your Facebook is, oh, my gosh, look at that Twitter. <laughs> I am so happy he didn't check the credentials. He knew the credentials. He said, you guys are not going to make it without me. And I'm so glad he stepped there and did it. Just being qualified into an inheritance that can't be taken is good news. Whenever, whenever you guys are walking through some mess right now that seemed like from a byproduct, think about you've been qualified to be with God and pray to him about whatever, but really to walk with him for the rest of your days. That's better than a big screen TV. It's better than a paycheck. Because on my worst day, I'm qualified. When I don't feel like I'm qualified, 
It doesn't negate the fact that I am qualified without an application. Can't touch this. Had to get that in. Haven't done that in a year. Qualified. Qualification means to make sufficient, to enable, to make fit, to empower. Do you know all God's commandments are enablements? Everything God gives us to do, to qualify us, he enables us to do it. When I gave my life to Jesus, I was unqualified. When I went in and my sins were forgiven and now I have a new life, I became qualified without the application, without the way I might be thinking, without the situation in my life. He saw the mess. He said, let me turn it into a message. Qualified. I want to help someone here. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You've been feeling like a failure. You qualified. You qualified. You're his son and daughter. Those who are children of God. That's good news. And you always have to remember the good news because there's so much bad news. And our bad news can turn us into feeling bad versus our good news was have us walk in victory. The basis of our qualification is the finished work in the merit of Christ and our abundant blessings in him. Now, here's the next one I like. Delivered. Verse 13. Delivered. Delivered. I love this part. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We went from one authority to another authority. But you know something about deliverance? It means being rescued from danger. We're in a dangerous place. What's the dangerous places? Dying without a relationship with God. That's dangerous. We're in some bad times, but we were delivered from Christ. We were delivered from danger. I like that. And we were rescued personally, and we were rescued positionally. So what do you mean, Pastor Rich? I love Ephesians. If I get into Ephesians, we'll never get out of here. The food would get cold. When I came to Jesus, before I came to Jesus, I don't know, but I felt like I was under something. Just under oppression. Just pushed down. I tried to have fun. If I can drink and hang out. But I still felt so pressed down. Because I was under the devil's idea is to press you down. He's the kill Still kill and destroy. That's what he does. He does it well. Had no hope, no nothing. Then I gave my life to Jesus. Then I started reading Ephesians. And it starts to tell you, I love that doorbell. (laughs) Can y'all do it again? Yeah, lights on, revelation. (laughs) That's cool, man. I love this morning. It's going to be great. Come back to me. What am I talking about? Okay. It says, gave my life to Jesus. Said in Ephesians, one of them says, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing 
in the heavenly realms. And it says, after I gave my life, I've been seated in new position on the right hand of God the Father. I'm not under, I'm on it. So I got a new position in Christ. We all have a new position in Christ. You might feel like you're under, but it doesn't negate the fact the truth is you are over it. Because it says you're up there with him, and he's sitting up there trying to make the enemies a, a footstool. Have you, have you ever seen a footstool? You put your feet on it, and you sit back and relax. You know, in your old days when y'all used to do that stomp, y'all used to do that dancing. Y'all used to step, boy. Oh, and I see you in the club. Y'all was stepping. I don't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> Must have been the turkey. And when he says that, all my Bible, the stuff, the temptations, the trials of life, positionally, it's not even with me. It's down here. Now, I either can choose to walk on it or leave it and let it mess with me. But in my position, I can walk on it. And I can stomp on it. And I can dance on it. And I can spin on it. That's the last move I got. <laughs> and it talks about us being above, not below. Look at the stuff we've been, put this um, bullet up for me, what we've been delivered from. From death to life. I had no hope. I had nowhere I was going except down. Death. Jesus Christ is what? Life. So I went from death to life. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good now. It gets better. From being a slave to sin to freedom. <laughs> yeah. In condemnation. He can say, you know what you did yesterday? I'm sorry, I am forgiven. If I repent, I am forgiven. Loser, sorry, doesn't touch the ears. Winner, as my man say, winning. <laughs> it is real because we're the winners. Danger to safety. Despair to hope. Uncertainty to peace. Now, here's the greatest thing. Snatch out the power of Satan and put in the power of God. That is awesome. And that's why he was thanking God, giving thanks to the Father. The reason why he said giving, he didn't say give, because it's a continual thing that we have to continue to remind ourselves. When condemnation shows up at your door, you better open the door with faith. It says, I am a child of God. And this is Paul writing about himself. If you look at the book of Acts, chapter 26, um, verse 18, when he was killing Christians and running amok, he met Jesus on the road. And this is what happened. He says this, to open their eyes so that they may turn from to light and that from the power of who? To who? That they may what? Receive? Of what? And place among those who are, that's a fancy word, you are set apart. 
by faith in me. Here's the thing. To walk in thanksgiving, we have to open our eyes. When we see, we think something's a mess. When the eyes of our understanding is opened by the Bible, we see opportunity. Our eyes are open. Why? Because I was delivered, man. Think about where you were before Jesus. And you say, I'm too, you know, you've been there? I'm just too bad to go to church. The ceiling might fall on me. I love in the story in the Bible with Jesus when he, when the young, um, he's in there eating with the Pharisees and the lady comes and kisses his feet and cleans. Mary shows up and just takes care of him. And he said this, they were like, she is a sinner. She's a person of the street like all of us. She's a person of the world. We were a person of the world before we came into God's world. And said, he gave him an analogy. Um, if you've been forgiven much, how much is your response going to be? Her response was contingent on what she remembered about where she was before. See, I keep a memory of what I, where I was. Not a bad memory to remind me, man, God, you're so awesome. You're fantastic. I might have not have a dollar. I'm delivered. My car might break down. I am delivered. Relationships might blow up. I am delivered. Kids might treat me like dirt. I am delivered. You can't negate the fact of what's going on with the byproducts. You are delivered. And no one likes to talk about that anymore because we like, like the children of Israel, we like hanging in a mess. It becomes part of us. Give you an example. 430 years of children of Israel. Decide. God decides to deliver them. They decide. Okay, Moses comes, bunch of plagues. Egyptians, the Egyptians release them. And they're going down the road. And they're, they're celebrating, because this is my next point coming up, because they were being delivered. And they're partying. And the first sign of trouble, they forgot. Why'd you send us out here? You're going to kill us out here in Egypt? I mean, kill us out here in the, in the wilderness? It was better if we stayed in the mess, because a lot of people want to be delivered, but they don't want to be transferred. That's my next point. Being trans, everyone wants to be delivered and liberated. It's fine, like we do in Iraq, but no one wants to do nation building, which takes time. Discipleship takes time. It's going to teach you how to deal with your trials here on earth, that sometimes God puts you to grow you up. But our idea is, okay, well, I want to go back because the cure is more, the cure is harder than the condition. So we'd rather stay in the condition versus walk in the, in, the, in the fullness of the cure. So he said, well, it was better if I went back in here. It was better when I was delivered. Give me, give me, give me, give me. And God said, no, I want you to start giving out yourselves, being transferred, 
into something new. And I got to give them this. They were all slaves. They were born into slavery. They didn't know how to act with freedom. Like when we're born again, we don't know how to act. We had the delivery part. But the transference is the nation part, the building part, discipleship. I'd rather stay delivered. I thought you were going to give me water out of that rock. I thought you were going to feed me something. You're not going to feed us anymore? No. Transfer into something new. One of my friends told me in Iraq, when we liberated Iraq, we thought, okay, we'll give you money. And everything will be okay. Well, they said, that's fine, but first you got to give us banks because we don't have any banks. So you had to have cash. They had to learn to be transferred and liberated. But we don't, when we left out, when they crossed to the, got to the, the river and the army was pressing behind them, they started complaining about, here we go, we're going to die. It was better when we were in bondage than freedom. And a lot of us go there because we're so afraid to believe God for the big stuff, it's safer to stay in the nothing. Because the cure sometimes is greater than the condition. So when God pushes you ahead, you disqualify yourself quickly because it's more comfortable in my condition. And I can blame everybody in my condition. When he's calling you to a higher level of faith, it's comfortable being a nobody. It's comfortable just being fed every week. It's just comfortable that way. Not to serve. You guys just go ahead and serve me. And if you don't do it right, then I'll get offended and I'll leave. It's comfortable being delivered. But it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable being and transferring to a new land with new customs and new accountability. That's discipleship. And all we'll scream, that was bad. The trouble, the cure was go across the river. He opened it up. They go across, and they're dancing. And then all of a sudden, God even told them, look, the minute these guys are going to go in there, they're done. Because it's not between you. Remember I told you last week? The fight's not between you and Pharaoh. The fight's between me and Pharaoh. So I'm going to show Pharaoh that I'm the one true God. So they go in there, the army. We're going to get him. I love Exodus 14, 28. So not one remained. The water came in, whoosh, killed them all. Can I give you a snapshot of what that is? The condition you're trying to run back to doesn't exist. It's all here. When you gave your life to Jesus, behold, all things become new. Behold, that the, the past is what? So it, it doesn't exist. It's been wiped out. That's why deliverance is awesome. You're fighting against stuff that don't exist. Unless you're going to go to the graveyard and, bear, and pick it back up. It doesn't exist. That's what's fun about it. You mean, you're hanging out, doing all those things? doesn't exist. Have no record of it. You might have a record of it because it's comfortable. Have no record of it. I have this issue. No, you don't. God has no record of it. You've been delivered. 
You've been transferred. Why are you talking about the past? I told the class today, read your Bible every day. Every day what? Read your Bible. So you'll renew your mind, and you know the past is it's gone. It's not there. You can't find it. That's what's great. That's why I celebrate, because God has wiped it out. And I'm into a new land, man. It's, it's, there's, no, there's nothing there except here, which stops our praise, which stops our life and living Because this is the greatest of times, not the worst of times. But you have to remember this all the time. I didn't talk about a new car yet. I'm just talking about our condition. We've been transferred. Transferred. And can I just say that? The reason why I told you all that, because... Conquering always precedes transference. God conquered your past. Jesus conquered death. When Jesus conquered death, there's nothing else left to get in our way. He conquered the most death. I mean, what? Is it too hard for him to conquer anything else? He conquered death. And it always precedes before you're transferred. So your past is gone. So there's no place to go back to. There isn't anywhere to go. Unless you go build a house somewhere. Deuteronomy says this. He brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land he swore to give to our fathers. Because God brings you out before he brings you in. You got to go out, but you can't stay out. You got to go into something new. That's the fun part about it. Every day, and it says in the Bible, he takes them from faith to faith to faith. So whatever was good yesterday, I got a newer level tomorrow. So I can't even celebrate yesterday because you, you can't. There's something new for tomorrow. Transferred us. Back in the days, here you go. Whenever they conquered a city, the king and the military would parade. They'll come up, and you go out in the street, and you're waiting for them to come up. They would come and take the prisoners, the losers, get up from there. and, and he's not a loser. And, 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 and they would parade them down the street. Just go on. they parade them down the street. And we're there, yeah, it's great. But when you read this scripture, turn around, Chevy. When, when Jesus transferred us he paraded come on winner the winner so every day you're walking around and Jesus is your son of God you're a winner I don't feel like a winner you're a winner how'd you get that far Jesus not my good looks Jesus see that is salvation Because the last one is redemption and forgiveness. Now, the first three were past tense. I'm glad the fourth one is past tense and present tense. Because redemption, can you put that up for me? Redemption redemption means? Means to buy them back and set them. Man, I got to get done this. Next one is. 
Forgiveness is sent away to cancel a debt to be released from captivity. Others are past tense. I'm glad he didn't leave forgiven as a past tense. That means I have to walk around perfect so that I don't mess up that which was already done. But I remember forgiveness isn't every hour, every minute. If you're a man and you're married, every second. <laughs> yeah, y'all know, y'all, yeah. It'll give you points if you say it, guys, I'm telling you. Anyway, continuously forgiven. See, if you, if you go by that it happened once and I screwed up so bad it, it, I'm no good at it, instead of repenting and then going with it, you'll always keep a pep in your step because you won't get beat down by the condemnation. The enemy of our souls is condemnation. The enemy of my soul, I don't fit. The enemy of my soul, I'm worthless. The enemy of my soul, I'm not pretty enough. Image is everything. That's the enemy of your soul. That's not the, that is not the captain of your soul, who is Jesus Christ. Forgiveness. Redeemed. Which redemption means valuable. I remember as a kid, man, and you remember when, back in the day, when you had a penny, you would get two bazooka bubble gums. And you were in the lot, you out there in the lot, in the middle of the lot, looking for some dirty bottles. I don't care if it was cracked, broke, busted, didn't matter. Oh, there you go, put it out back. We're going to get us some bubble, bazooka bubble gum and some wise potato chips, which was two cent in a five cent bag of the day, or 20 cent bag of the day. No, they ain't 20 cents no more. They're $2, aren't they? <laughs> and we would get down, and we'd take them to the candy store. He <laughs> said, here comes our money. It didn't matter what the condition was, how dirty it was. It didn't matter. He never rejected it because oh, it was dirty. All was broken. It was chipped. It wasn't pretty. We still got the finances for it. And I thought about my God. I said, man, it didn't matter what I look like, what people said, my lineage. It didn't matter. Since that is something I will never turn down. I'll never turn down that bottle. I'll never turn down that lady. I'll never turn down that man. I'll never turn down that situation. It didn't matter what I felt like. It didn't matter what I looked like. To him, he saw a child of the king, a child who's valuable because it was valuable when you come to talk about redemption. It didn't matter what your mother said. It didn't matter what your father said. It didn't matter what society says to you. When you're redeemed and you're forgiven, you're valuable. Doesn't matter if life don't seem like it was it was a few months ago. I know it's the holidays. Everything gets magnified, the good and the bad. It does not negate the fact. It does not negate the fact that I'm qualified. 
It does not negate the fact that I've been delivered. It does not negate the fact that I've been transferred. And it does not negate the fact that I've been redeemed and I am forgiven. Woo! And every day, because I know there's people who don't know that. If they see us falling from it, they will say our God is not good enough. But he has to be good enough. Look at us. We're wonderful. We're magnificent. We all have a part. We're all valuable. You don't have to get good to get with God. You just got to give your life up. We don't debate about what's this and what's that. We know that we have been what? What's the first one? Come on. One. Two. Come on, somebody. What's three? What's four? Ephesians 1, 7 says this. And then we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. His grace never fails and never goes away. That's why I like the season of Thanksgiving should be every single day. I don't want people failing out because it don't seem like it was last year. And my family doesn't seem, it does not negate the fact that those four things, you are his. Now, if you're not his, you need to become his. And my famous line is you got to read your Bible every day. And every day you got to read your what? And then you got to get with some people who read the Bible every day. And every day they do what? God, people, were the most powerful force on the the planet. Church isn't losing. Church isn't losers. You're not losers. You're winners. They paraded the losers, but Christ paraded the winners. It don't matter where you came from. People want to give you a resume. I came from jail, so. I came by the drugs, so. Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, yeah, you came. It's done. It's over. You have a new identity. You're not so-and-so the drunk. You're a child of the high king. I don't want to identify you by your worldly label. I want to identify you by your kingly label. First Corinthians 15, 57. Talk about when Jesus comes back. The unperishable. When Jesus comes back. The perishable meets the unperishable. Now, like, I love that scripture because I'm going to have an afro again. <laughs> so when you hear this scripture, it talks about what can't be shaken, the kingdom. What can't be shaken, your relationship. What can't be shaken, you're qualified. What can't be shaken, delivered. What can't be shaken, transferred. Can't be shaken, redeemed, and forgiven. So I'm going to redeem some hair. But thanks be to God who gives us the, what? Isn't that, a, um, isn't that a past tense? I was victorious yesterday. Is that a present tense? I didn't do well in English. Through our who? All right. I was transferred from my old kingdom to a new kingdom.
Every eye closed. 